Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Edmonton Oilers have been winning games away from home more than losing. But over the last bunch of games, they can't seem to win at their own arena, Rogers Place. The question, of course, is why? Is it just another thing that's in the water? I'm Jim Matheson. I'm Rob Tichkowski. And I'm Craig Ellingson. I talk to these hockey beat writers from the Edmonton Journal and the Edmonton Sun about the Oilers' woes at home. Plus, the prospects of getting top four defenseman Andre Sekera back in the lineup soon what it'll mean, and who they'll have to move off the roster. Plus, we talk about the winning ways of their farm team, the Bakersfield Condors of the AHL, and about former Oilers coach Dallas Aikens, looking at getting another shot soon in the NHL. This is the Oil Spills Podcast for Tuesday, February 12th, 2019. How do you explain they have a winning record on the road over the last dozen games, yet at home they're absolutely abysmal? How do you explain that? Is there, are they paying too much attention to social media when they get back to Edmonton or something? They're, they are a fragile group. There's no question about that. And then things tend to go wrong early for them. And then when that happens in, in Edmonton, and it's a very antiseptic rink. It's not a good atmosphere there. They've, you know, like in, in this is, the case in Toronto to some extent you, you price out the average fan so you're, you're left with people at the games who are you know higher income people who aren't quite as rowdy as you know the beer drinkers you had back in the you know the 70s and 80s and the atmosphere in the rink isn't very good at all you know in terms of scoreboard stuff it's all commercials so they don't they don't do much you know from a from a entertainment s- standpoint to help the players out or the team out, or the atmosphere out, but it, it all boils down to the team. You know, you score a few goals and win a fight. You know, the, the place will be going. Uh, and they're just—they're uh, not a very good team, and they're a little fragile, and they tend to start slowly. And those three ingredients at home add up to just a place that's just a a, a dead building where a lot of losing's going on. It's—it is hard. They play a f- totally different game on the road. It's almost like. They go into the game afraid that they're going to lose, so they play hard from the start. And even if they lose, it's it's a fairly close game. But at home, it, that's when they're getting beat badly. In a lot of these games, it's at home, not in the road. So I don't know. It's uh, unfortunately uh, they've got lots of home games left after this month. You know, March has got lots of home games in it. I think so. 
by then they could be out of it, so it, it might not matter. I don't. I they don't dictate the way the game. Most home teams that are good, they dictate the way the game's going to go right off the hopper. And you're the visiting team, we're the home team, and we're getting you down. And whether that's a Winnipeg or a Tampa or whomever, you know, they're going to beat you. And the Oilers play their way into the games at home, and often they're uh, getting scored on first, or they're down a couple of goals after one period. Is there a rink in the NHL? I mean, you talked about Toronto being the antiseptic place with, you know, the high-priced seats and whatnot. Um, who does it differently than Edmonton? Like most everybody else? Are there other examples of rinks like that in 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 the NHL? Well, it's funny. Montreal, you know, they're very high ticket prices and a very, you know, uh, highbrow fan base, but it's a great atmosphere. It's loud and it's exciting and, and you know, you can feel the energy as soon as you walk walk inside of it but there, there are a lot of a lot of dead ranks you know a lot of you know Arizona and some of the others are you know some teams do it right some fan bases are just more energetic like Nashville's a, a great place to watch a game Vegas is incredible but they work hard you know they've created that atmosphere themselves uh, you, and you do have to work at it you know, you know your whole in-game presentation can't be a commercial you have to pay some attention to to getting the fans fired up showing them some you know, some clips and some hits and some highlights and the whole deal. And that's, you know, that just simply doesn't happen here. It's it's about money. It's about making, you know, the money off your commercials. But at, at the end of the day, it boils down to the guys on the ice. You have to, you know, you saw in the playoffs, you know, fans at Edmonton will get riled up if you give them something to get excited about. And this is just, let's be honest, it's just a below average team that's underachieving slightly. You know, you go back to the, after the San Jose game and Hitchcock talking about, how his team is basically uh, underperforming or not putting enough determination and effort to win those games. Um, you know, I don't know what comes first. The players not getting pumped up enough or who knows. Hockey is hockey. Sports is sports. You, you can't maintain that high level of uh, all the time. I mean, there has to, There's peaks and valleys in everything. Um, and obviously the orders are in a bit of a big valley when it comes to playing at home. Um. Anyway, I don't know if that really. I guess I'm trying. I don't to, know. I'm trying I, to crack the puzzle I, here. They just. I don't. I don't think playing determined hockey is in the Oilers' DNA. Not they now. can do it, it used for. To be. Uh, they can do it for a game or two, but then I don't see them winning six or seven games in a row. Whether you're Arizona or or Chicago or St. Louis. St. Louis got better players. But Arizona and Chicago, with the Chicago team being what they are now, they seem able to play determined hockey and somehow win the games. And the Oilers, they should have just parked that game they played against Minnesota the other night and said, okay, that's one game. Let's forget about it. And now we've got to beat a much better team. And if we play the same style we played against Minnesota, we got a chance. They won easy with playing that style against Minnesota, but a, a stronger team. They didn't, but maybe they'd have lost 3-2, 2-1, not the game over so quickly. And I don't think they they go into these games. I don't know if they can check well enough to to do it for any length of time. Checking's hard, but checking's certainly easier than scoring a goal. You know, Weak teams do it all the time. They keep the games close. And... Um, they're not even getting to the point where they're scraping out at home anyway, scraping out points. You know, you lose in overtime. They're not even getting any points. They just lose. Yeah. 
I mean, everybody knows, like, you don't fire your general manager in the middle of the season because the roster's not that bad. You know, you fire him because it's a train wreck. And I think that almost let the players off the hook a little bit. Like, they looked around and said, yeah, this this is a crappy roster. So, you know, it's it's not our fault. They've just built a terrible team here. And, and I think that took a little bit of the fight out of them, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I, mean, I don't want to speak for them, but it sort of, you know, they're, it's not a good roster. You look at that lineup, top to bottom, it's not good, but they should still be getting more out of it. Like, they're, they're still underachieving for what they do have. They should be better than they are right now because they've shown here and there, you know, they went on those eight, two, and one runs a couple of times that, you know, if you get the goaltending and your, your high-end guys are producing and the rest of the guys can just do enough that, you know, don't get in the way and you can be a good hockey team. But, you know, it's we can all accept that it's not a very good roster. That's why Shirelli got fired. But they should be still playing better than they are right now because this is, like I said the other day, like they almost seem like they accepted defeat against San Jose. Like they're a better team. What are we going to do? And and just waited for that game to be over. And that's kind of what pushed Hitchcock over the edge afterward. You know, I find it funny, Ian. You know, to use the goaltending to segue into. Why Cam Talbot's getting the starts seemingly over Koskinen these days? He won't get the start in Pittsburgh. No, I guarantee no, you, no, Koskinen. No. Yeah. He's, Cam's had his run of three in a row. Koskinen okay. will be playing it, but I see where you're coming. Yeah, well, he's just looking for one goalie to catch to, fire. To catch fire, like St. Louis is did with some goalie named Bennington when Allen's was their starter, and now Allen sits on the bench, and this other kid comes in and he's winning games, and just keep playing him. That's coaches are creatures habit if. They don't. Ki- they don't sign the contracts. The GM signs the contracts. The coach just wants the, the goalie that can win them the games, and that has been Talbot the last little while. Now we'll see if Koskinen can can play as well as he did over that stretch of home games there, where he was unbeatable. But that's been a long time since we've seen that. From yeah, Koskinen, so. fans at Edmonton are holding their breath, waiting to see how this guy responds to, you know, not only the the big contract, but you know. Camp Talbot starting for the last five or whatever it was like you know they went all in on this guy to be their number one so he needs to start playing being a number one is a different animal than just being a, a you know a 1A or a backup or one and you have to be really good eight nine times out of ten the the the, the, the measure of us good starting goalie is how consistently good you are so he can't play two two really good games and then one stinker and then three really good games in a stinker. He has to be elite level for eight out of ten games, and that's a tall order, especially on this team. The Oilers need Dwayne Rolison right about now yeah. to get hot like he did at the end of that year, and he was unbeatable, and then they got into the playoffs. They need a goalie that's just going to play every game and win them some win them some games. There haven't been many of those this year where the goalie's stolen, I can't remember, stolen yeah. games against a, a really strong team, and at the end of the night you said, oh, like last night the Rangers – Goalie, Georgia have made fifty-five saves and they beat the Leafs four-one. You know, so that's there haven't been too many of those nights in a while. I mean, obviously Koskinen was a, was in net and gained the net in November um, at the beginning there, and obviously once Hitchcock uh, took over from McClellan, Koskinen was the guy, um, and he obviously played very well in those games. Uh, you know, obviously we were hoping we he gets back to that. And Rolison was acquired. Was he acquired before the deadline, or it was pretty at close? The deadline. It was at, at the, the deadline. First round draft choice. And we still got a week or so, give or take. Oh, a couple weeks. What am I saying? Fifth, yeah. I'm wait, I'm ready for spring to start here. They're by not the way. getting any. <laughs> they're not. Getting, 
they're in seller mode right now unless they suddenly win oh, I know, but, you know, win three or four in a row here yeah, and get this, back into it. That, I, I'm not suggesting point. the owners are, <laughs> are buyers at the deadline at this point. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's time. I mean, oh, if yeah. you want your goalie to catch fire, and clearly they're hitching their wagon to Koskinen, there is still yeah. time. But obviously time is time is ticking away. The owners are a few points back of the wild in the wild card race, and there's a whole bunch of teams. Yeah, six is six is a lot, and five. Thick. I mean, when you're a couple points out, you you can kind of see it now. Six is basically one bad one loss away from being done. You know, if it gets if you come home from that three game trip and it's eight, see you later. I think the owners they got 27 games left. They have to win at least 20. Are they suddenly going to go twenty and seven? Well, they won six of the last twenty-two, so uh, yeah, I don't see highly it. Highly likely. And that's, is and that the, what happened in 06? They got they won a whole pile of games, yeah. yeah. And and the problem with with it's not how many points you're behind; it's the number of teams that are ahead of you, and they they're playing each other. So mm-hmm. at the end of the night, one team's getting two, the other team's probably getting one, or one of those teams for sure is getting points. And they're ahead of you, so yeah, and they play if they play each other between now and the end of the season fifteen times. Those other teams that are ahead of the owners, I mean, how are they catching up? I yeah, they only catch up if they play those teams head to head and they beat them in regulation. Yeah, well, they'll they'll have a bunch of four point games coming up at the end of the season mm-hmm. too. But they're in March, aren't they? Most yeah. of the games that they've got yeah. about a month these from now, teams? a month yeah, or so from now, they've got some games coming. They got. They play, I think they played Calgary and San Jose about the last two games. It'd be yeah. interesting if oh, yeah. if they're t- fighting to see who finishes first in the division. They'll be trying a little harder than the others. <laughs> Unless the owners get it going. I'll talk about Andre Sakura, and now he's down in Bakerfield right now. Um, he's played a couple of games, and he'll be coming back. You know whether he comes back as soon as this week or next week. Obviously, the Oilers are going to have to make some roster moves to, in order to accommodate him. And uh, what's that going to be? Well, he comes back. They got nine defensemen. I suspect one of the defensemen. Petrovich hasn't played. He's sat out five straight. He's the defenseman that's making the most money. You know, if you're going to dump a player, send him to the minors, and then part of his, the only you know, only part of his contract that you have, you know counts against your cap. Um, Reader hasn't scored a goal all year; he's making two million. You know, I, so you know those players would have to go on waivers, and I don't see any of them getting picked up on waivers. So that's one way to, to figure it out. But I don't even know if if Andre's when he gets back, how good he's going to be. You know the tempo of, of NHL games is somewhat higher than the, in the American League, but from all reports, he played pretty good in the two games he played in Bakersfield. For you may not want to come back; they're winning. No. You may petition to stay down in the American League. He still makes the same money whether he's in the NHL or the Bakersfield. So you may say, "Yeah, this team's won twelve in a row. I think I'll just stay where I am." And you know we had. Thanks for segueing into the Condors, but they've won. What is it, eleven in a row now? Twelve, or is it 12? 12 in a row. Yeah. 
uh, what's the takeaway there? The takeaway there is they've got good players there, and the coach, who I think a lot of people were wondering whether he was uh, just a, an assistant coach forever in the NHL, has gone down there as a head coach for the first time and is very successful. And the players play a good style. They play hard, and they win the games. And they have some good players down there. And I think they would like to leave all those players there, to be honest, and say, I'd rather you guys were playing on a team that's winning than call up some of you guys to a team that's not, where you get sucked into the the, you know, the spin cycle of losses. And I think we're talking to the young players there. Yeah, that's, the, a good, that's a good The Bensons idea. and the Maradis and... and Yamamoto's and and Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear and those sort of players just leave them there, yeah. and and you guys are winning and you stay where you are and we'll see you next year rather yeah. than call them up. You can call up some of the third and fourth line guys like Russell and Gambardella and maybe people like that, but um, leave the young players there. Yeah, that's a great atmosphere for them. You'd be around a winning culture, you know. Up here, it's it's kind of dark, and, and it's been that way for a long time. But down there, they're learning how to win. They're learning what it takes to go the extra mile, and all of the all of the little things that coaches tell you to do are easy to do when you're winning. A lot easier to do when you're winning because you see the results, and everybody feels great after the games. And it's just a really great positive environment that you know Jesse Pugliarvi should probably be part of. Uh, as well because you know you bring a guy up here and you know you've lost like I said you know 16 of your last 22 games and 11 of your last 13 at home and the fans are down on you and the media is down on you and the coach is saying you know you know you don't care I mean how, that's that's not good for a young player it's not good for a veteran this atmosphere so if you have some young players that you're going to kind of you envision being your future you know leave them where they are because that's a that's a great situation for them right now would you sample your RV down now? I would have sent him a month ago. He's just yeah. he's rotting on the vine. He's Except saying, every time you look now today, he's playing on the second line with yeah. Nugent Hopkins. So I, I I don't know. I I think the coach has a lot more faith in him than the media people, you know. And he he's Ken's the one who pushed to bring him up in the first place. As soon as he got the job, he says, you know, this guy should be in the NHL. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't see much there in terms of any wow factor from Jesse where he makes some plays and you go oh man they can mm-hmm. see why he was a fourth overall pick yeah. when he scores the goal he's like I've said before it's like he's the most surprised person in the building you know um, like you know he's supposed to be used to that if you're that good a player but they want him here so I, I, this stretch of the game where he plays every game I don't think he's going to the minors but I don't see well, like what's the one thing he does really well like I don't really I mean, to my untrained eye, because you guys are down there every day. I mean, there are times when you notice Paul Harvey coming in. There's a bit of a presence there, maybe because he's a big, yeah. he's a big body and he and he can skate. But I mean, as far as the rest of it goes, yeah, not much to use upon. Not much finish there. Huh. No, and if it, like if they're going to keep him up here, then this you know if they come back from this trip eight points out or nine points out, and it's obvious that they're out, then put him on the first line and leave him there for 22 games and you know force feed him into into that atmosphere and 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 because this seven eight minutes on the fourth line is doing nobody any good so you know maybe he wants to maybe he's better off with skilled players and if the games don't matter you can treat it as a 20 game training camp because he he is supposedly an important part of your future 
I mean, I didn't do my homework before we came in here to talk about Paul Yarby's ice time and how much he gets, but what is he averaging, 10, 11 he, minutes he a play, night? He normally plays between 10 and 12. Yeah. So the last little while he's been under 10, but normally plays between 10 and 12. Yeah. The last game he was 530-something after 40 minutes, and then as soon as it got into garbage time, they started playing him a little bit more. Played, so so it was, he played five minutes in the third. It was so. pumped up. But I mean, in a close game, he's hardly sees the ice. I mean, for so as for as much as Hitchcock says he wants him up here and he wants to give him a chance, never played. And it's it. been almost three months. Yeah. I mean, if that's I don't understand the logic then. I thought you're just going to use him in that fashion. Yeah. You know, I agree with you. I, I think he should have just been left him down there. I agree with you know what Nicholson threw out saying overripe. Yeah. I mean, you should have left him down there. I don't know. I don't Easy know to second guess. I'm not Ken Hitchcock, third most winning NHL coach ever. So. Uh, but this, you know, was the same when the former coach was here too. He was trying to figure out how to get something out of Todd. Was figuring how to get something out of Pulleyarvi. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. Related to the AHL, um, you know, the Anaheim Ducks have you know gone into the tank in a big way, and they fired Randy Carlisle. Now. GM Bob Murray took has taken over behind the bench. When was the last time he coached never, in the NHL? Never, He's never yeah. coached. Never coached he? anywhere. Yeah. I know that's, he played, obviously. We're that's, like, that's like Rob or I stepping in and saying, you know what, I think we can coach. We we know enough about hockey. Charlie right. taking over from McClellan. Yeah. Well, aren't you guys secretly, I mean, because you are covering the team you're covering, aren't you secretly disappointed that they didn't pull a Todd Nelson and bring up Dallas Aikens to coach year. the rest of the year? Next year, if they want him next year. I think they've kind of told him he's going to be in the, certainly in the mix for the job next year. I don't think Randy was going to be coaching next year anyway. Yeah. I think this Murray thing was just a, a is an, a, an investigative uh, endeavor to just to see what's wrong with that room. The old forensic audit from behind yes, the bench. He wants to be in the room and look in everybody's eyes, you know, between periods and on the bench and see who's who's helping and who's who's the anchor. Because they they have a kind of a toxic situation there as well. Like they've it almost seems like they've quit. So you know he's got to make the moves over the summer. Who do I keep and and go forward with, and who do I try and get rid of? And uh, this is a unique situation. But to his credit, he's going to roll up his sleeves and, and get in there and, and you know take a look at their eyes before he makes these decisions. Yeah, so. it's interesting. That's gone septic. They still have many of their principal players yeah. from. You know, obviously Gatslaff and well, Carrie Perry's been injured all year, mm-hmm. but you know you still have all your principal pieces in place. More They've or got less. slow quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. their better players are slower. Mm-hmm. Like Perry was not a great skater when he was really effective, but now the game is really fast. Yeah, yeah, and Getzlaff is still that. a good player. Kessler's Kessler can't up. play anymore. He's done. Mm-hmm. I think with his his hip problem, so he's done. You can't get rid of the contracts though. It's like. He yeah. wants to get younger, but he's got these Perry and Kessler making tons of money for many more years. I don't know what he does there. So Getzlaff can still play, but the other two guys. Yeah, sounds a little familiar around here. Mm-hmm. Those long-term contracts kill you at the end. So. Yeah, but I guess my point in bringing it up was mostly about Dallas Aikens. Well, you know, I mean, Dallas it's been has done a nice job with their farm years. team, and I don't want to get a different farm team coach. No. So I think they're saying, look, you've done a good job with the players are going to be on the team next year, so leave them there and you coach them. You know, it's been four years since he was let go. Let's see, am I, is my math right? Four years. It has been four it's years. It's been four years in San Diego. Yeah, because, yeah, it was uh, four years since the McDavid draft here coming up right away. But, and, you know, obviously you guys haven't been down in San Diego to 
watch Dallas Aikens at work, but I could have you know, gone to watch. You could have. You were there. I was not. Uh, I wasn't trying to tell people where you take I your wasn't holidays. Going to watch that. You know, I was going to say you were in the Maldives or something against like the that. Iowa Wild or whoever they were playing. I wasn't yeah. going there. But um, yeah, I think it would be interesting to see Dallas Aikens behind the bench in a different NHL city. He'll be I'd better. Like to, I'd like to see. Yeah, he learned some lessons. He's smarter. He's a smart guy. He, Knows his hockey and yeah, you know, obviously he was much vilified here. Lots of guys. Tom Rennie was not very good in Vancouver when he was his first job, and was much better after that in New York and hmm. Edmonton. So, well, every coach who's come here has been to some extent vilified, right? Like it's you know not not a lot of not a a lot of them have left under glorious circumstances. You know who left? Ralph Kruger. Ralph Kruger was the only he was guy. the last guy because <laughs> he almost got him into the playoffs there yeah. in the in the lockout season. They just kind of run out of gas the last you know 10 games yeah. but he played really well and a lot of their young players played well for Ralph yeah. so well they leave here and their stock is pretty low because they got fired and it was a losing team and then the further they get from it and the more people watch the Oilers that go oh, okay your stock starts to rise again maybe it wasn't Dallas Aiken's fault maybe it wasn't Todd McClellan's fault you know McClellan when he left his you know probably his stock was was, was dropped considerably and now the more you see of this team you're like okay it's it wasn't so much him. It wasn't so much. You know, you got McClellan and Hitch. How many wins do they have between them? And they're scratching their head thinking. Yeah, they're both. Well, the records, I think, are exactly the same now. One game under 500, I think, yeah. Yeah. from when Todd was here. And, oh. and I just Ken. think it's interesting. You know, Aikens obviously got a, got another pro coaching shot after Edmonton, and, and he is a young coach still. Um, but, you know, there was plenty of people, you know, criticizing the way he ran. He coached the team. Well, I think Todd McClellan can coach the Los Angeles Kings next year, too, if he wants the job. Mm. Rob Blake's the GM. Rob Blake used to be the captain when Todd McClellan was the coach in San, Diego, in San Jose. So that's yeah. not a great roster either. Yeah. I think Aikens, I think, he learned a little bit of humility. Like he was trying to coach an NHL team the way he coached an AHL team. And there's, there's a big difference, you know, when you've got hungry guys who will it's almost like a college atmosphere where you can be a little more uh, old school and aggressive with them, but that doesn't work at the NHL level. Remember when he brought all those guys in f- for a week of uh, 8 a.m. practices because oh, yeah. he wanted that to, went show, him, <laughs> wanted that to went show him what the working man has to go through, driving through rush hour. And, wow, that turned everything bitterly sour. I even think the, it, even the media. I think, it, all, <laughs> I think it, it went really sideways for Dallas on that incident where. Taylor Hall smashed, smashed the, water the water bottle down because, you know, he came off the ice mad. They'd scored a goal or whatever, and it sprayed all over Dallas, you know, and Dallas, you know, didn't take it too well. No. You know, it, instead of just shrugging it off, it's, you know, it wasn't a beer. It was some water. But Dallas, I think Dallas was, will be the second time around. will be just fine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because, you know, one thing that sticks to my mind about him is it seemed like he was always accessible. Like, he had his own... Exit press conference the day yeah. after. Who does, yeah, who does who that? Still haven't talked to Todd. No, no. I was in the, at a Sharks game, and he was, uh, you know, San, San, San Diego's not that far away. He came up in the press box and just, hey, Rob, how's it going? And talked for about ten minutes about things. So he's, he's a good guy, approachable guy. You know, not afraid of the firing line or whatever. So I think uh, I'd like to see him back in the league just just to see how it goes. If it's uh, if it's another train wreck, then it, those are always most fun. coaches get a second chance if they still like I agree with Rob if they go somewhere else and they're fairly successful they get a second chance to coach now two tries you gotta be to get a third you gotta be really scrambling two you get two 
That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can listen to our show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. SoundCloud.